Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Ray and Tay Today. Talking sports with friends. We're talking basketball. NBA time and we're on the air. We're ready to clap boards and our crossover's not fair. Uh, throw the ball up in the air. We're giving you the stats. All stars are here. NBA finals and the draft. You know we're here. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. It's playoff time, and you're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, Tall Ray Sides. Playoffs? I'm Tay, Eric Taylor. It is here. Season ended great Wednesday night. Overtime for the last spot. The Timberwolves beat the Nuggets to get in. We're going to break down the series. Everything starts Saturday give you the postseason awards. Should be a lot of fun. Ray, let's get right into it, man. We'll start off with the, the, the Saturday fun in the series. And let's just make our predictions. It's the number two Warriors who tip off against their kind of recent foes. No Kawhi, no Curry, the Spurs. The two-seven matchup doesn't seem right, you know, in, in terms of history. Um, you know, maybe Curry gets back at the end of this series. Maybe he misses the whole first round. I don't know if they need him. Break it down, what's, what's going to happen? Warriors and how many, <laughs> basically. You know what? It kind of depends on which Warriors team is going to show up, right? Are they focused? Can they play? Ball in some ways losing a Steph Curry allows you to you know focus on your game, do what you do because you don't have to do too much. You still have plenty of talent. So I gotta believe the Warriors become the Warriors, and they the Golden State Warriors are a matchup problem for everybody, but specifically for the San Antonio Spurs. Because the Warriors are too athletic, too young, too long. And the Warriors, especially without Kawhi, don't have their best player. Not only is he their best player, he's their best defender. He's their only real athlete. I mean, Rudy Gay is a crazy athlete, but he's already, you know, kind of he's past He's old school fine. now. <laughs> right, he's old school now. So, really, Kawhi means so much to that team, especially against the Warriors. So, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that despite not having, and you know I love me some San Antonio, love me some San Antonio, despite not having Steph Curry, I think the Warriors sweep. I think they go out there. First of all, San Antonio is terrible on the road. For the playoffs, they're the worst playoff team on the road. So they're going to win no games in Golden State. So the question is, are they going to win in San Antonio I don't even think they'll win a game in San Antonio. I think Golden State sticks it to them, and they sweep the the Spurs. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> LaMarcus Aldridge, give him credit. He's had a great season. Popovich has done well coaching. Bringing in uh, DeJounte Murray, you know, Parker and Ginobili being, you know, the old, old veterans. It's It's almost sad to see the Spurs like this, but – the question will be, really, will Kawhi even be there next year? He's got one year left. Will they trade him, or will they risk you know, having uh, him I want to see Kawhi. I wanted them to rebuild around Kawhi. 
I, we all do, Ray, but I, it's, I don't, I don't know how they're going to mend it, but, um, I'll say the Warriors sweep them. It's, it's not much else to add to it. You know, it's, it's really just, it's kind of unfortunate for the Spurs. So that's the three thirty. Then the five thirty tip go, bounce to the East, the wizards at the Raptors. I'll stab at this one first. Um, Look, the Raptors have lost seven game ones. They had asked the league not to have the 1230 tip off. They wanted the 730 or 530. So they got the 530. They lost that last year to the Bucks. I, I want to really, really believe that this Raptors team in the number one seed is ready to just take care of everybody. They're deeper, Abaka. Powell, Van Fleet. I mean, they got like scores off the bench. They've got a real team here now. But um, I think Tomas Saransky developed a lot while John Wall was gone. And I think Porter and Oubre have really found their way. Gortat and Valanciunas cancel out. Marquise. I think he kind of cancels out with Ibaka. So it might come down to maybe a couple of these guards off the bench, but it might come down to Lowry, DeRozan, Wall, Beal. And I think at the end of the day, even though John Wall's not, he's not there yet, I feel as if the Wizards can push this to seven games and I think they can win it. I guess for, because I already made the bold pick, even though I thought it might have been different teams. I'm going to go with the Wizards. Why not? I say the Wizards beat the Raptors in seven, and John Wall and Beal have a special moment that put them ahead of DeRozan and Lowry, and they get it done. And maybe you see a little development of Kelly Oubre from Kansas. Wizards in seven, Ray. Wow. And Otto Porter Jr. Yeah. Let me tell you Bring it the down. Toronto Raptors said, we cannot bring stars on this team. We can't attract them. We gave all of our money to Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. So they said, we'll go the other route. We'll go deep. We will have the best 9-10 man rotation in the league, and mm-hmm. we're going to win home court, and we're going to basically take over the East. Because everybody, remember, everybody fell in love with Boston when they took Hayward, uh, when they got Hayward in free agency. And then – when Hayward went down, they still played obviously game one. They still played great. And then when Kyle Lowry, when um, Kyrie Irving went down, everybody said, all right, it's time for Toronto to take over. Now, I don't know that the Wizards are playing well enough as a team to reintegrate John Wall and go up. This is a bad matchup for them in the first round. I would love to have seen this matchup in the second round or maybe even third round. But right now, I think the Raptors are going to win in five. I don't know that the Wizards are ready. I think that they're talent-wise they're ready, but there's something missing with the chemistry, and I don't know that they can go up to Toronto and win two games or maybe three games because uh, I know that Toronto can win in Washington. So I'm going to say Toronto in five. I'm getting bored wow. over here. Yeah, wow. man. Washington Jurassic Park. Bites. Bites hard in Jurassic Park. Drake, okay, I like that. Drake's rooting for them, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, now we got the 3-6 matchup in the East, 8 o'clock. So ESPN and ABC tomorrow. Miami at Philly. And Miami just 
can't score, whether it's James Johnson or Justice Winslow or this guy or that guy. I mean, I don't know. Glenn who, Rice. Yeah, I, I don't know who can <laughs> Glenn Rice. Maybe team. they could get Glenn Rice back because he got kicked out they, of the Israeli they, basketball They, they probably need him. Uh, Maybe at least they could try to get Glenn Rice Jr., but somebody, Ray. But between Goran Dragic and Whiteside, they will be scrappy. But I just think Embiid's coming back. And the Sixers, out of nowhere, become a great three-point shooting team with Marco Bellinelli at Italy's finest, J.J. Redick, Covington, Dario Sarge. They are shooting threes. Ben Simmons, we'll talk about him, my rookie of the year. And Embiid, it's too much posse. You got a veteran, Amir Johnson. I think the Sixers win in six, but it'll be entertaining and scrappy. I think the Heat can take two. Okay. Look, because Embiid is out for game one at least, and even when he comes back, it'll be hard for him to integrate back in. This series will be closer than it should be. And I agree with you that the series goes six. I think ultimately Philly's got more. Philly just has to figure out how to do it in the playoffs, right? The pace of play slows down. The execution becomes crisper. Uh, Let's see if Ben Simmons, the triple-double guy, can execute when the game is slower and everybody's focused on him and it's more of a half-court game and it's not wide-open basketball. So you're right. Ultimately, Miami's shortcoming is scoring, but I think Philly's going to have a chemistry and a nerves issue given that it's basically everybody except for J.J. Redick first time or first real big playoff experience. So I'm going to say Philly in six. Now, we got the last Saturday game, Anthony Davis and how many Pelicans out there peddling without Cousins as the sixth seed battling the Portland Trailblazers who beat the Jazz the final game of the night to move them down to five, and the Blazers are the three seed. So it's C.J. McCullough and Dalla Dame Dash, Damian Lillard, Oakland's finest rapping basketball player against the Brow MVP candidate, and this is like a coin toss because Rondo's played so well as a pure point for them. And then now it seems like Nikolai Miratek has found his way there from the Bulls. So they're spreading the court. They're shooting a little bit. Holiday's, you know, Drew Holiday's doing okay. Anthony Davis is so special, Ray. I feel like he's going to be able to push this. And I don't know if he could push it over the top. For some reason, I feel like Lillard and McCullough will be too much. Portland's front court role players. It's going to be really a battle of which star Lillard or Davis can push their team over. And maybe because of home court, I'm going to go with Portland. I'm going to say Portland beats New Orleans in seven. This is going to go the full distance, though. Close wow. series. It's a coin you think New Orleans can go seven? I'll, I'll say Portland in six, right? I think their backcourt is unbelievable and yet underrated, right? C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard are, are real special. And Damian Lillard has got a history of making huge clutch shots in the playoffs. The Trailblazers haven't really advanced that far, but some of it's not their fault. They just don't have the talent to compete with these other teams. Pelicans are great. Uh, a great story. I don't know that they're a great team. They have a great player and a bunch of role players around him that know that he's the man. But 
they'll rise to the occasion. They'll keep it close. I think ultimately Portland's guards too much for the Pelicans guards. And I think Anthony Davis kind of gets, he gets his, don't worry. He'll get 25 and 10, but I just don't see them winning the series. So I got Portland winning 4-2. I think he's ready to go for like 29, 11 and four. He's about to have a special series. He can do that and Portland can still win. Yeah, no, 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 definitely. That's why I say seven. Yeah. So, okay. Sunday Bucks. At the Celtics, this is the weirdest 2-7 matchup ever. Uh, look, no Kyrie, no Gordon Hayward. And the Bucks now with Bledsoe, Jabari back, Middleton, the Greek freak. Um, this is another one. I, I think, you know, Stevens has done a great coaching job. But I think the Milwaukee Bucks, I think they're going to push this. And I think they're going to win. And I think the Bucks win in seven, Ray. I think they're ready. I, I think Boston, Tatum, and Brown will, will get well-needed playoff experience, which will help them probably get to the finals next year in the East, unless LeBron goes to Philly. But I think this year the Bucks are ready. They can't shoot, but Greek Freak will help Milton and Jabari to be free enough to shoot. And Bledsoe can, you know, he's streaky, but Greek Freak will be special. No Kyrie, no Horton, no, 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 um, no Hayward, no, no win. Bucks win in seven. So I thought you were going to say Bucks in five, but I hear you. I think ultimately this will go to seven games just because Brad Stevens is scrappy. His teams are scrappy and Milwaukee doesn't have any real experience. Nobody knows how they'll really perform in the playoffs. They haven't advanced and, and, and played into, you know, second and third round games. So I'm going to say Boston wins in seven. I'm going to say Brad mm-hmm. Stevens is going to out coach Jason Kidd and he is going to he's find it. He's, he's gone. He's not there. I'm saying, I, you know, I got Jason Kidd on the brain. That's my man. But wait a minute. So here, here's what I'm thinking. I think this comes down to a game seven. And I see the scenario where the game's in Boston, and they just find a way to pull it out. I don't know why. I think that you're right, that, that this team, this Boston Celtics team, has no business being in the second seed, right? If they, if they played the whole season like this, they wouldn't even make the playoffs. So you're saying a team that shouldn't even make the playoffs now is going to beat a young and coming Milwaukee team, and I think they will. Terry Rozier, you got faith in him, huh? Right, right. And Joe Prunty, the coach, is going to lead to seven games, but Brad Stevens is going to outcoach him in the end. All right, then we got the four or five in the East. The Pacers at the Cavs. If we're being honest, LeBron doesn't always play well in Indiana. At least he didn't against Paul George. And Indiana has done a yeoman's job. They really, on the fly, with savvy trades, have rebuilt this team around Turner, my main man, Victor. Oh, Oladipo! Um, You know, it's been impressive. Um, Obviously, it's a bonus. The Pacers are really surprising, really solid, but it's really LeBron. And LeBron at 33 is looking like 25. He's due for probably 30, 11, and 9 in the series or 39 and 9, and he knows he's going to need to. He doesn't have the third superstar. It's just him and, Le- you know, him and Love, no Kyrie. And, but the role players, they are willing to play their roles. And I think Hood and Clarkson will be, you know, good. I think they, they can overcome the Tristan, 
you know, Tristan Thompson off the court drama with, you know, cheating on, you know, his baby's mama and the Kardashian stuff. He's got to focus and get his head in the game. But I think at the end of the day, the Cavs will win this. But I'm going to say it's not so easy for LeBron the way it used to be. No sweep here. I'm going to say the Cavs win in six. Pacers are scrappy enough to get two games. Do they have Deshaun Stevenson? Not Deshaun, but they got Lance to make you dance. That, that's what I wanted to hear you say. Lance <laughs> will make you. Remember that year when it was Deshaun and Lance? And I was like, Deshaun Stevenson? No, Lance Stevenson. Deshaun <laughs> Lance will make you dance is back on the Indiana Pacers. And he is going to make LeBron James work. He's going to frustrate him. He's going to get a couple texts. And he's gonna be Lance blowing in his ear, blowing the ear. Blow! I don't know if he's blowing his ear, but he'll have something new up his sleeves. Maybe he'll pull okay. on his socks, or maybe he'll. I'm not gonna say that. Pull on his socks. <laughs> <laughs> but between him, Oladipo, they've got some players on that team. They 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 definitely overachieved what you thought at the beginning of the year. But you know what? They're pretty talented. And Oladipo, we'll talk about him a little bit later in the show. But uh, unbelievable hats off to them, and I agree. They'll push Cleveland, but Cleveland's the better team. They have the best player in the world. Cleveland in six. Definitely. So Utah, the five seed at the number four, Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, give the Thunder credit. They won their last, what, three or five in a row to go from potentially seventh, eighth seed to all the way up to five, I mean, to the four. So that was that was great. Um, look, I love Utah. It's a great story. Uh, you know, I'll talk about their coach later on too with their awards. And Donovan Mitchell, he's right there. I mean, just like Grant Hill and Jason Kidd, he could be up there for co-rookie of the year. Led the team in scoring for a rookie. For them to do what they did without Hayward, it's a great story. But it stops. They win. I'll give them two games because Rudy Gobert and the defense—they're scrappy. And Snyder's a great coach. But I think the Thunder, we're going to see the better version of Melo. I think Paul George can get his shooting regulated. And, um, and Russell is just another triple-double. How amazing is that? And it's crazy to believe he probably won't be top three in MVP voting with that type of season, 25-10-10. Uh, but I'll take the OKC in six, right? I agree with everything you said. I think OKC could sweep. But I'll say Utah's a tough place to play, so I'll give OKC in five. They are the better team. They have more talent. They are ready. Uh, you know, the only thing that could happen to OKC is they're looking past Utah. Is they want to prove that they're elite in the second and third round. Paul George might have his mind on free agency. That's the only thing that could bring them down. But I don't think so. I think they'll be able to keep themselves. They'll self-police and they'll focus, and they'll win the series, I'll say, in five. T-Wolves and Rockets, this should be fun. I think Minnesota, having Gibson and Butler and Teague, those are three savvy veteran playoff players. I think Wiggins is a special athlete defensively, and if he can hit shots, then he gets going. And I think Carl Anthony Big Cat, he's – you know, he's up there in that next tier of great centers, and he's he's legitimate. I think the Rockets have had a special season. Harden is definitely, you know, he's the MVP front runner. He deserves it. 
And I think Chris Paul could get some votes. He's been amazing. Six man, Gordon, all of it. But I think Minnesota is going to be tough. And I think tough enough. The Rockets get pushed to six games. I think Houston wins in six. And these young guys sprinkled in with the veterans of, you know, Gibson and, and Butler and T, they, uh, they, they make the Rocks a little, Rockets a little nervous because the defense will make them not shoot so good one or two games. So I'll take the Rockets in six, Ray. I like where your head is. Thibodeau, remember those Boston teams? Remember those Bulls teams where he was oh, yeah. the defensive architect? They're hard to play in the playoffs because everything slows down. Everything becomes half court. Everything becomes more up his alley. Having said that, this Rocket team's on a mission. And again, they could be overlooking their first round opponent. But how many minutes are in an NBA game? 48 minutes. 48 minutes. So if this were a 45 minute game, I would say that the T-Wolves might win six. But I think because it's 48 minutes and because you have to defend the Rockets for 48 minutes and the Rockets have become a little bit better defensively. They have three or four players that actually like to play defense. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really have a coach that loves to coach defense. But, uh, you know, put Mike D'Antoni's offense up there with one of the best of all time. I think oh, yeah. the Rockets are too much. I think Minnesota wins one at home. They really pack their bags and have a decent season, but ultimately the Rockets are on a mission. And MVP James Harden and, you know, co-pilot Chris Paul, there's too much to handle, and they win in five. I think I think all of the games are close, but all of the games the Rockets pull away, and obviously except for the one that the T-Bulls win. So I say Rockets in five. All right, so before we get to our postseason wars, let's just move it forward. We won't go round by round. Who's going to make it to the NBA Finals? What's your prediction for that, and who's going to cut down the nets? As cliche as it may sound, I don't think the Rockets have enough to beat Golden State in seven. So I think it's Golden State, Cleveland, yet again, part four. Didn't we go to Rocky Four, right? (laughs) So we got Rocky Four situation, and I think the East just, doesn't have enough firepower. Maybe next year Philadelphia. Maybe see where LeBron goes to beat to beat an elite West team. And so I think it's Golden State winning three out of four. And Golden State, do they sweep the Cavs or five again? I think the I think the Cavs can muster one game. So same as last year, five. You know, I I want to disagree with you. I want to see Houston break through. I think they have enough defense. But I just think Durant and Green and Clay and, and even Curry at 80%, 85%, it'll force seven games. But I think they will be able to win a game seven in Houston because the Warriors, to me, have not proven to be mentally frail. They've proven to be mentally tough, along with Livingston and Iggy off the bench. LeBron is just playing out of his mind. And this will be the most impressive run that he might have because it's just him in love and a bunch of, you know, rotation, you know, good rotation players. So I think it's going to be Warriors, Cavs, and I would have to say five, too, because I just don't think LeBron can be swept. I think at home, 
he can score 45 if he has to to get one game. So we have the same thing, you know. Let's go to the postseason awards. We both think it's the Warriors over the Cavs in five games, even with the yeoman work from LeBron. But who is your MVP, Ray? The most valuable poet on the MIC. Here's the thing that is going to kill me about this year. you got to give it to Harden. But in any other year, and you could argue Harden been on the short end of this stick, right? Short, oh. Harden could have won two MVPs up until now. But in any other year, LeBron James is averaging, what, like 20, almost 28, 8, and 9. I mean, that's ridiculous. But his team's only in fourth place, and they only won 50 games. Then you have, you know, Russell Westbrook should be next, but people are saying Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis. These are all really unbelievable. But I'm going to say Harden, James, and Westbrook are having all-time seasons. Russell Westbrook is going to average a triple-double, may come in fifth. Fifth. It's only been done by one other player. If I told you last year or two years ago somebody would average a triple-double, he set the bar so high, though, that he himself can't even meet his expectations. So, uh, you know, it's crazy that Russell Westbrook's going to have this season, LeBron's going to have this season, and they're not even going to come close. I think James Harden runs away with the MVP. Totally agree with you. We thought he should have won it the first Curry one, um, what, three years ago? But, I listen, without a doubt, you got to give it to Harden and LeBron, Anthony Davis, Westbrook. You know, I think Durant might have missed too many games, I'm not sure, to be in the top five voting. I would like to see Chris Paul get a couple of votes, but it's, it's Harden all day. Who's your rookie of the year? It really comes down to Simmons and Mitchell. Uh, you got to take a philosophical stand. You know, I actually listened to Stephen A. Smith on ESPN. Almost. Talk me into Donovan Mitchell as the MVP. Almost. Very close. I would love to see a 1995 scenario where you have a Jason Kidd and Grant Hill who both go into the Hall of Fame together scenario where they, where they split it because they do it in such different ways. Ben Simmons yeah. is an all-time talent, in, you know, potentially, in the NBA, and Donovan Mitchell is a grinder. But a guy who went to Utah, and they're in fourth place in the West, and he's averaging 20 a game, 20, like three and a half, three and a half. Unbelievable yeah. for nobody. Nobody saw that coming either. And, nobody and, saw it coming. And so Rudy, Rudy me, missed. A, Rudy Gobert missed like twenty games almost. Yeah, and to me, I look. It's by a hair. I give it to Ben Simmons, but deep in my heart, I'm hoping you want co MVP, co rookie of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And I know be it's kind close. of a cop out, but not this year. They're both so deserving. Right. Well, I'm going with Ben Simmons, but to me, you know, I was. I felt Donovan a, a lot of the, you know, season. But then what Ben started doing when Embiid was out, it was almost like he didn't miss a beat. And they won, what, like 10 of their last 15 games or something or something crazy. They won like eight or nine in a row. I mean, he, you know, he sp- sped up the tempo. He got everybody involved. He had a bunch of triple doubles as a rookie. Um and it's semantics, right? Is he really a rookie? Because, you know, he's got a year of, of getting money, a year of being around a team, you know? So it's kind of – the NBA has to clarify that themselves. But he's, he's eligible, so he's got to win it. Sixth man, who you got? Well, there's really – to me, there's really only one guy that's the sixth man of the year. And the rest are just trying, hoping. Uh, and that's your boy, Lou Williams. In L.A., he's got – he's won it before. 
He's got the prototypical six-man game, and he comes off the bench, instant offense. And, and you know, Fred Van Vliet's real good. Will Barton as a player is, is, is nice, got some skills. But I think Lou Williams is your guy. My only question is how many games did Lou start? Because I felt like – Yeah, he you know, played a good amount. I think he played 35 games as a starter, almost 40, I think. See, and honestly, that's why I'm taking my vote to Eric Gordon because he, Gordon, 18 points off the bench, third leading scorer, number one. I'm going with Gordon. Who's your coach of the year? So, to me, the, uh, this is a three-man race, and they're all great. It's just a difference oh, of philosophy. So, I, I think Casey, Stevens, and Snyder all deserve it. Um, but you know what? I'm going to give Quinn Snyder the nod, especially if Donovan Mitchell doesn't get rookie of the year. You've got to give Quinn Snyder some juice. This guy didn't expect to make the playoffs. You can't say that he did. Nobody in Utah expected to make the playoffs, and they're the number four seed. You lose Gordon Hayward. You lose Rudy Gobert for the year, and a, and a rookie is your best player, a rookie mid-first-round pick from Louisville. So I'm going to say Quinn Snyder in a close race, but those other two did a great job too. Quinn Snyder as well, and I agree with you in terms of those two guys. I mean, nobody gives any love for Dwayne Casey, and all he does is, you know, just get W's. And, of course, what Stevens did. And I think uh, Brett Brown with the Sixers. I think he, he, you know, even with Embiid's minutes and, you know, restrictions and, and just, you know, balancing these guys all coming together. And then his number one pick, folks, not really playing all season. He, he still got it done. So, I, I say, uh, you know, you've got to tip your hat to these guys. But Quinn, it's not, Quinn's not the coach of the year. So, that's it. Do you have any others come back or anybody or – yeah, defensive player of the year. Look, oh, defense. You know, that was, yeah, that was a award that Kawhi Leonard and Draymond Green had dominated for a while. You got to give it to Rudy Gobert. Even though he missed a lot of games, when he plays, his impact was definitely felt on the court, and it really invigorated the whole team because they're not a great defensive team, but Rudy anchors that defense. So, for sure, that, that's uh I'm, I'm that's actually giving guy. it to Rudy. Anthony Davis. I'm giving it to Anthony Davis because I thought without Cousins, but then with his, his players – they're not great defenders, and he he's everywhere, blocking shots, rebounding, and he on picks, pick and rolls, he could switch out and play a guard. So I think he's had a great season, a special season. I'm going to go to Anthony Davis. And I know you and I both agree about Victor Oladipo at 23, 5, and 4, winning the most improved player because yeah, this improved, guy, sorry. I mean, he didn't really – it's not really a comeback because it's not an injury, but he is yeah. just unbelievable. And his fifth season to have that breakout season, good for him. And an all-star, right? So kudos to him. Look, it's going to be a great playoff, great fun. We'll be talking NFL draft in the next you know, week or two coming up, and we'll update NBA and, and, and MLB. So have a great sports weekend. We both got the Warriors over the Cavs in five. Enjoy the first round of the NBA playoffs, and uh, we'll talk about your boy, your, your Cowboys.